Well, Richard tells the story about the birth of his first child and how the baby would not stop crying that first night. His wife frantically flipped through the pages of Dr. Spock's children, children's book, trying to find a solution. But she could not find the solution very quickly, so the baby kept crying. Now, Grandma was in the house, but she was not consulted. Later on, the grandmother shouted for from downstairs, for heaven's sake, Susan, put down the book and pick up the baby. <laughs> she did, and the baby stopped crying. So in times of crisis and uncertainty, not knowing what to do, sometimes a good reaction is sympathy and personal touch is a good solution. Like what happened when Jesus was told by Peter that his mother-in-law was sick with a fever. With urgency, like a first responder, Jesus approached her, grasped her hands, and helped her sit up. Immediately, the fever left. Then, like a good mother-in-law, she later happily waited on Jesus and his friends. That's why it's good to know that the heart is more powerful than the mind because it is willing to sacrifice while the mind is still rationalizing its options. Look at the cross. Jesus is all heart, no rationalization, willing to sacrifice for our salvation because his heart is wide open to sympathy, mercy, and compassion. Another quick story, Father John stopped to visit a poor mother in the hills of Kentucky. As he greeted the mother, she burst into tears, saying, Father, I just knew you would come today. I know you can help me. Then she poured out her heart, explaining many, many problems. Here and there, the priest would offer a word of hope and a word of encouragement, but he knew he was helpless in the face of all her troubles. Finally, she finished. She paused for a moment and then said, Oh, Father, you're so kind and so helpful. You helped me a lot. In fact, you settled most of my problems. The priest was astonished. He had not solved a single problem. Then Father John realized that it was sympathy and companionship that the mother really wanted out of a story. But really, it is more than that. Remember what Jesus said, I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was sick and you visited me. Well, when we visit a, visit a sick person, a worried person, or a homebound person, we are visiting Jesus. And as we visit Jesus, he brings us closer to him in a process that is called loving us back. He loves us back in the process. So remember, when we love Jesus and say, I love you, Jesus, it is the beginning of something beautiful. This we could do when we visit the Blessed Sacrament and we say, Jesus, I love you. Be assured it's the beginning of something beautiful. Or when we receive Jesus in the Eucharist, we can say, Jesus, I love you. And you know, it's the beginning of something beautiful. Now, one time, a poor Claire nun was interviewed at EWTN. 
the Catholic TV station. She was asked the question, why do you spend so much time in front of the Blessed Sacrament? She smiled and said, oh, I love it. To be close to Jesus and to say, I love you, Jesus, is so wonderful and wonderful things happen. She continues, and Jesus and I talk about many things, about things that I worry so much, about things that I feel so inadequate. But you know what's amazing? When I finish my visit, I feel so loved and so happy. So when Mother Superior calls me to her office and gives me a very difficult assignment, I'm able to say yes. It was my visit with Jesus that prepared me to say yes. Without the visit, I would have hesitated or declined the request. So remember, when we say, I love you, Jesus, it is the beginning of something beautiful. Now, Ramon Das, D-A-S-S, a spiritual teacher who survived a heart attack made a distinction between being cured and experiencing inner healing. He says that cure, cures aims at returning our bodies to physical health. However, inner healing or spiritual healing is more about soul awareness. It is the inner alignment of our spirit with the spirit of God. That's why people diagnosed with cancer sometimes say, I pay attention to the cure, but often I give more attention to the inner healing process. Like I would give careful thought to the meaning of my life, my purpose in life, what I had done, what I would like to let go, and what I want to keep for myself. I would stop doing everything that was not essential, that really didn't matter. I will focus on the spiritual transformation relating to my relationship with God and others. End of quote. Now that's why Jesus said to the mystic Mary of the Trinity, he said, you must begin by being faithful to me in little things. Your merit will lie in using all your generosity to allow me to live in you. Think of me all the time. Souls glorify me so much when they remember me. End of quote. Well, perhaps we could say, Jesus, remember me during this time of pandemic. You see, during this time of pandemic, I see people paying more attention to family relationships. Why? Because they know that at any time they could get infected and isolated. Also, they know there will be so much disruption in their life, in their family, because of quarantine demands. When this happens, they realize that there's no time for squabbles or pettiness. There's also only time to cherish and respect one another. Therefore, in some ways, the pandemic can be a blessing in disguise. Churches are not full, but people's prayers are more fervent. There seems to be a greater awareness of God's involvement in their daily lives. 
They are careful not to be petty or demanding. They begin to value and understand sacrifice. That's why Jesus said to the mystic Josefa Menendez, he said, sacrifice is the privilege of your life. Do you not feel that I am there when you sacrifice? Sacrifice is the life of the soul, and the soul that understands this lives the true life. And so perhaps to this we can add, love is not love if it is not authentic, generous, and willing to sacrifice. Amen.